Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. So I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, and a little bit of chapter 5. As we get into the word today, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and pull them out. They'll be on the screens if not. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Everyone say unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Chapter 5. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan. Longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan. And we are burdened. Because we do not wish to be unclothed, but clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. So that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God who has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Verse 7 is what we're going to focus on today. For we live by faith and not by sight. And I'll finish out these couple verses. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we're at home in the body or away from it. For we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things while in the body, whether good or bad. I love how the English Standard Version says it in verse 7. I want to read that before we get into the word. It says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. I love that picture. We walk by faith, not just living, but taking steps, moving forward, making a decision. Do we see this today? Title of my message is walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to walk it out. Turn to the other person and say, you too. You too. Walk it out. Let's pray one last time. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive and active. I pray, Lord, that all hearts in this place would be soft. Probably heard a message like this a million times. Or maybe it's our first time. Either way, Lord, I pray that your word would fall on good soil. Pray we'll be receptive to your word and we'll be changed and make a difference. Let us be people of faith. We want to walk by faith and not by sight today. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Have you ever been told that? 
Come on, walk it off. Walk it out. I'm sure everybody in this room has had an instance in their life. They've had a minor injury of some kind, and they're like, yeah, just walk it off. It's going to be okay. Got a broken leg. Just walk it off. It's going to be fine. I pretty much say this every day. I have four kids, six and under. And I think Brianna and I together say this 20 times a day. The kids will just run into some piece of furniture and, like, blood's gushing out. And you're like, just walk it off. It's fine. <laughs> Cole, the other day, he's, like, running in our backyard by our patio. And he slips and falls and hits his head. And there's, like, blood coming out of his head. And I'm like, just walk it off, son. You're going to be all right. <laughs> Emerson riding his scooter outside. He's our six-year-old. And he trips and falls and he scrapes his knee. Just, it's okay. Just walk it out, man. Just walk it out. No big deal, right? <laughs> Emerson even had, like, this this stomachache for like a week, and we couldn't figure out what it was, and I just kept telling him, you just got to get up, and you got to walk it off. You just got to move. It's this funny reaction we have to things, and I remember one time, um, I fell over so hard that the, the wind got knocked out of me. Have any of you had that happen to you? It is one of the wor worst experiences on this planet, when, when all of a sudden, you can't breathe anymore. You know what I mean? My friend is coming up behind me, and he's patting my back, and I'm like trying to get him to stop patting my back, just trying to breathe. And he's saying, just walk it off, bro, just walk it off. I'm trying to utter the, the words like, you walk it off. <laughs> but it's this funny thing that we all say, just walk, yeah, walk it out. Why do we say that? See, walk it out is a statement that first of all means to push through the pain. It means get yourself moving along and not just to stay in the mindset that you're too hurt to move. It's a sports term that coaches use. If an athlete has a minor injury to do low-impact stretching and to help relax the body, which in turn helps reduce the pain. Are you with me? But not just that. It's so much more powerful than that. It's used in emotional distress. It actually helps to reduce stress. And when people are angry, it actually helps to cool them off. I'm sure we've all experienced this. Hey, you need to cool off. Walk it out. Such a powerful phrase that we use all the time. Walk it out is, is a a physical and psychological tool that enables people to overcome pain, hardship, emotional pain, whatever it may be. See, it aligns your physical with your mental. If you can make a choice, then your body will fall in alignment with your decision to move forward. You actually can find healing through that. Isn't it powerful? I love this mentality. It's an overcomer mentality. It's a choice over circumstances mentality. It's a faith over fear mentality. It's more than a conqueror mentality. Walk it out or walk it off is actually people living in faith even if they don't realize it. It's believing that them moving forward enables the pain to go away and the problems to disappear. Are you with me today? See, I believe this is the same mentality we're to approach 2 Corinthians with. And I believe this is what he's talking about. It's this great tension of walking out this life all the while knowing that we have heaven awaiting for us. We actually have to push through the, the hardship, push through the tension, push through the pain, stretch our bodies, walk it out, knowing that someday there will be a day with no more pain, with no more sorrow, with no more burdens, with no more crying, with no more tension. Someday it will be there. But we got to walk it out. And I think this idea in 2 Corinthians is a physical or mental to spiritual tool. 
when we actually walk out our faith. So let me read 2 Corinthians again to give us a little more insight. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Do you see the faith already? Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So Paul is talking to the Corinthian church saying, don't lose heart. Because physically you're wasting away. Inwardly, though, you're being renewed day by day. And he says, fix the eyes of your heart on what is unseen. That's really easy to say and really hard to actually outwork. But then he goes into chapter 5, and this is where it gets really amazing. And he talks about this idea that we live in this earthly tent that's going to be destroyed. And we groan in this earthly tent, and we're clothed, and, and when we're here, we're found naked because we're, we're not we're not fully operating in, in what God has called us to, which is heaven. So we're in this tent. We're groaning and we're burdened by all this. And I love what it says in verse 5. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose, who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what's to come. The powerful picture of the fact that when you invite the Lord into your heart, when you confess Jesus as Lord, the Holy Spirit now is a deposit residing within you. God himself living within you. I pray that's a great reminder today. And then it says in verse 6, therefore, we are always confident. And we know that as long as we are home in the body, we're away from the Lord. For we live by faith and not by sight. Do you see it? Paul the apostle is calling all believers to walk it out. He's saying what you see right now, what you experience right now, the pain, the pressure, the hardships, it's all temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. See, we are called to walk out faith, to live by faith and not by sight. We're called to live with the mentality of pressing through the pain and the hardship because of what's ahead for us. I think in an environment like this, when we worship and we sing songs of faith, holy are you, Lord. We pray together, we extend a hand, and we believe that these children are going to follow the Lord. It's easy in an environment like this. It really is easy to look at our trials, to look at our circumstances, to look at our troubles and say, I'm going to press on. I'm going to make it. I'll say things on this platform like, I want to live for Jesus the rest of my life. And we'll all go, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. But then you leave here, and your car breaks down. You get a flat tire. That's hard stuff. I know that that's so simple, but... It could be so strenuous on us. And then you get home and you open the mailbox and there's a bill, but you have no idea how you're going to pay for it. It's real life stuff. You're calling a relative of yours in this giant tension and this divide takes place and now there's discord and relationships and friendships. There's temptations that arise in every single one of us and we all go and face things that are trying to pull us away from this Great assignment and calling on our lives. We all have experienced hardship. This last week, more times than I could count on both my hands, I could list off the things that Brianna and I encountered this last week that were hard things to face. Trials of many kinds. Trials of many kinds. 
list goes on. It's our modern day example of our earthly bodies wasting away. And this is the reality of this reality. But let me tell you, church, we don't live by sight. We live by faith. And we, after salvation, live in, in the physical. We live in eternal. This body is wasting away. So we have been given this call to press on and walk with faith. See, walking out faith is an overcomer choice directed towards your eternal promise. When Brianna and I first felt the leading of the Lord to plant the church, it was about a two-year process until we stepped out in faith for the first time. We were creative pastors as well as campus pastors at the time, and we were searching every weekend. We'd take little drives looking for a place to plant a church. Already, that's a big step of faith. We knew we were going to be planting a church. We didn't know where. We didn't know when. And we were just available. We felt the call of God, and we went in and resigned our positions. We had a mortgage. We had a baby on the way. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. But we knew that God had called us to resign and step out in faith. We didn't know where we were planting. We didn't know when, and we stepped out. This was the beginning of 2020. Pretty bad time to step out of your job. And we moved to Beaverton, Oregon. Took on a, a resident church planner position there where we, oh, you know, took over the creative team for about a year and, and helped them kind of upgrade with the time. It was a week after we moved there that COVID hit, and we had no idea what was going to happen. So the year when we were supposed to be going through church planner training, we were inside of our house all day long in Portland, Oregon. We got to the middle of that year, it was about October actually, and uh, we came to Tampa, Florida for the first time. After all year going, we told everybody we met, yeah, we're church planters, we just don't know where we're going to plant a church. We came down here and we walked through the streets of Tampa and prayed, met people. We felt undeniable peace for the first time of any of the locations we had sought out before. Just peace. We knew this was the right spot. Our leaders had told us, yeah, you absolutely have to do this. So everything was aligning. We had just bought a house a month before. So we had to figure out now, how do we sell a house, drive across the entire country with four little kids, and plant a church? This was a huge step of faith. Brianna and I were selling stuff left and right, getting our little Honda Odyssey with 120,000 miles on it all tuned up so it could drive across the country. At this time, we, we were able to sell our house, but we just made enough off that sale to be able to put a down payment on a house and have two months of bills, and that was it. We dropped everything to move here. Huge step of faith. We had two couples confirmed that they were coming in one single guy. Whoo! Here we go. Like, Brianna's like, I'm ready to be the kids' pastor. I'm like, I'll lead worship, and I'll like, you know what I mean? Luckily, we had Jordan Westberg and Cassidy Westberg, so we were good to go with that, but we love them. They just dedicated Ezra, which is so fun, but it was a huge step of faith for us to, to really get in a place where we dropped all of our savings, and then we get to this place January 24th, 2021, where we stood on a stage and announced for the first time, we're planting Grace City, Tampa. At this time, we had 13 people confirmed, and six of those were our family. We had zero dollars, and we had eight months to plant a church. Eight months. 
to build culture, to build team, to find a place to meet, to buy all the gear, to raise up people, to reach our city, to make a difference, to do interest services, to, to make it all come to be, to raise nearly $230,000. And not to mention, I'd only preached about eight times in the previous seven years, so I had to relearn how to preach messages, right? It was a crazy eight months. I look back on my Instagram this last week and started scrolling through. It made those eight months look so easy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Look at that interest service. That was sick. Oh, people showed up. Wow. Look at the venue we just got. That's amazing. Oh, people gave. It's just phenomenal. You look back at that year, you're like, wow, that's crazy what God did. The thing that I want to say today is planting the church for us was a mountain. It was a mountain. If you put all the things in front of you and look at it from the front to back, from January 24th to September 12th, you go, we have a mountain in front of us that we need God to move. Aren't you thankful for Matthew 17, 20, where Jesus says this simple thing. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be done. Nothing will be impossible for you. But see, I think oftentimes we come up against mountains and we look at the words of Jesus and we say, I prayed, God, now move the mountain. We're standing at January 24th and going, all right, cool, God, we need a whole launch team. We need $230,000. Move the mountain. Come on, God. We're looking for instant gratification kind of faith, aren't we? We're looking for a microwave kind of faith when you can pop some popcorn in there. 2.30 later, you got a bag of popcorn. We're looking for that kind of faith from God because we read that scripture and we say, with just this much faith, a mountain will move. Wouldn't you agree? See, in January 24th, when we announced it and we had no money and 13 people, we had a mountain in front of us. I believe full of faith that God could do it. I knew he would show up. You know what I had to do? Walk it out. I had to walk it out. See, God wasn't going to move the biggest mountain in front of our life without us walking out in faith. Step by step, everything fell into alignment. Day by day, people gave. Meeting after people joined the fight. One person after one person. Bobby and Kenzie didn't just have a full band like this the first day. It was them on an acoustic guitar singing. But now, one creative at a time, we have built an amazing team here. From front to back, it was unseen. But now, from back to front, it's all seen. See, looking at eight months of planting our church to launch Sunday, you'd say it was a mountain that God moved, yet he moved it step after step after step after step. We had to walk out the faith. We had to meet with people. We had to join in communion with people. We had to pray big prayers. We had to call people and ask for money. We had to walk out the faith that was in front of us. This great mountain in front of us that seemed like it would never move. It was small step after small step after small step, mustard seed-sized faith moved a mountain. And look at us today. We have built and planted a church. Can you give God glory for the faith each and every one of you have carried that great faith. And that's what's created this incredible environment and where we are now. Now just 10 months into church, God's hand on this amazing thing. Church, I don't know what mountain you're facing right now that needs to move, but let me tell you this. 
When you live in the unseen, not the seen, you will see God do impossible things. It might take a little bit longer than you think. It might not happen as you see it, but your small mustard seed-sized faith will lead you and guide you in open doors in Jesus' name. It will provide every need. It will surround you with the right people, and it will move the mountain in front of you. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. We're living in the unseen right now, and God has big things ahead for every single one of you. God is just waiting for some people of faith to walk it out. He's going to move mountains in your life in Jesus' name. Practically, how do we walk out faith? Let me give you three very simple steps. First one is this, vision. How do we walk out faith? Vision. See, you need to actually be able to see a mountain to pray for a mountain to move. If you don't have vision for your life, if you don't have vision for what God can do through you, vision for where you could be, the journey you could take, you're never going to have the faith to walk it out towards that. Are you with me? You need to have clear vision in your heart to see the end goal. And vision simply means the ability to think or plan for the future with imagination or wisdom. You know, this is easier said than done for a lot of people. You'll talk to people and they're like, yeah, I'm just not a visionary. But I believe that the word of God has enough vision for every single person. That we can understand, yeah, you might not be a visionary, but I tell you what, there's a great commission right in front of you that says, go into all the world and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You don't have vision, just grab that one. That's enough vision to give you purpose for every single day when you're showing up at work and saying, I don't know why I'm still here. Oh, yeah, I'm called to make disciples of every nation. Enough vision for when you get up out of bed to come to church in the morning. When you're saying, I'm going to go to that city group and I don't know why. When you're saying, I'm going to talk to that person about Jesus. All of these things, you got to have vision. And I believe the word of God carries enough for all of us. But it's beautiful when the word of God inspires vision to change the world all the more. Proverbs 28, 19 says, without vision, the people perish. So how do we walk out faith? you got to get vision for what the mountain's got to move to, what's going to happen and where God could lead you to. Number two, prayer. I believe prayer realigns us in living in faith. It opens the door to the spiritual reality. Like like 2 Corinthians said, we have the deposit of the Holy Spirit within us. But oftentimes, unless we engage with prayer, we operate in our lives like he's not even in there. Yeah, he's in there. He's residing within you. But it's like, I'm going to make this choice. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to take this step, and we forget to pray about it. The power of prayer is it realigns you with the spiritual reality of the fact that you have the deposit of the living God, the Holy Spirit, residing within you. It realigns your your physical and your mental with the spiritual reality. And Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you will find. There is power to your confession. There is power to your words. We need to be asking. We need to be seeking. And we need to be knocking, believing that God is going to do something. Are you with me? This is a faith-filled message. I hope you're ready to take on the world and move some mountains after this. And the last one is this, one step at a time. Walk it out. Live with vision intentionally and walk out the dreams, visions, and purposes that God has called you to Just like I said before, you just have to walk it out. You get beat down, walk it out. You get burdened, walk it out. Discouraged, hurt, abandoned, you just got to keep pressing on towards the goal that's in front of you. God calls you to the mission field, you better walk it out one step at a time. Looks like a mountain, that'll never move. I can never get two, three years of people to pay 
my way so that I could spend that long on the mission field. One step at a time. See that mountain move. God calls you to start that business one step at a time. It doesn't need to look like a mountain. It doesn't need to look like that mountain's going to move immediately. You walk towards that. You have mustard seed-sized faith. I'll tell you what, someday you're going to look back and go, look what God did behind me. And I know there's many testimonies of that even in this room. God calls you to have that baby one action at a time. I just don't know if anybody's going to get that. I was just waiting. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight. Take hold of eternal life, which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. What a beautiful scripture that takes everything we said and said, just keep pressing on. Just keep fighting the good fight is what it says right here. It's a good fight. The tension you're experiencing, the time it's taking, the steps you're taking, how, how exhausted maybe you feel from the journey that's in front of you. What he says in 1 Timothy, it's a good fight of faith. Don't forget that. Keep fighting the good fight of faith one step at a time. Don't be discouraged at the fact that you might have to fight for it. Lean into it. It's a good fight producing good, opening the door to good. 2 Corinthians 5-7, we walk by faith, not by sight. I'll invite the band up as I conclude. It's a powerful story of faith where this all sprung from when I was studying this last week, and I've kind of saved it for near the end because I think the power of it is unique. And I needed to explain the power of what it looks like to walk it out. It not just live by faith, but actually journey with faith. Before I explain this scripture, and this is a, a story where Peter walks on the water. Matthew 14, 22, it says this. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and go, to the, go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, and after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, when he was alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because of the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It's I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Like if that would have been me, I'd have probably been like, hey, Jesus, if it is you. Remember that thing we talked about last night that no one else knows about? What was it? Hey, Jesus. Remember that time we were playing that game? We were messing around as disciples and this person's like leg got hurt. Like what, what, what leg was it? That's what I would have done. But Peter, Peter had the audacity. The audacity to look at Jesus on the water. He said, if it is you, tell me to come out to you. So what happens? Jesus says, come. 
oh, I wish we could just be sitting on like a cruise ship all just leaning over just watching this moment. I wish we could just be watching the moment that you hear that still small voice in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the waves, in the midst of the wind say, come, come. What does Peter do? This is crazy. He got down out of the boat. Picture it. His leg going over the side. With just enough faith and just enough courage. And he put his foot on the water and it was solid. Get down out of the boat. And he walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus, I love this, he reached out his hand and caught him. And he goes, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when he climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were there worshipped him saying, truly you are the son of God. Church, Peter had such great faith and vision. He said, if it is you, Jesus, then tell me to come out to you on the water. And you know what happened? Peter walked on the water step after step. It doesn't say he stood on the water, which would have been a miracle. But he got out there and he walked on the water. Picture it. Peter, a normal man who had such great faith and courage to step out into the unknown. Church, I wonder if what a bunch of believers would look like if they would stand up and step into their calling and step into their assignment. They see Jesus at the end of their life. They see their assignment at the end of their life. They know their goal. They know their purpose. They know they have the eternal deposit living within them. And I wonder what it would look like if a bunch of believers would begin to step after the Lord, would walk it out, and would live by faith. What kind of faith mountains we would see moved in our lives? But you know what happens? The same thing that happens to me every single day of my life. The same thing that happens to you every single day of your life. We get distracted. We get discouraged. We get beat down. We get mocked. Whatever it might be, we take our eyes off of Jesus and we look at the wind. We look at the waves. We look at the trials, we look at the debt, we look at the addictions, we look at the hardships, we look at the discord, we look at the politics, whatever it is. We take our eyes off of Jesus. What if Peter would have kept his courage? What if Peter would have kept his courage? We don't often talk about this in church. What if Peter, getting out of the boat, would have kept his courage and walked straight up to the Son of the Almighty God. You can see the moment in your head, right? Peter walks out to Jesus, embraces him, and Jesus would have commended him on his great faith. This is what each and every one of us get to do now. It's time to step out of the boat. And we have this calling and this assignment and we have an end goal, heaven in mind, heaven right in front of us. 
And there's going to be wind and there's going to be storms. Keep your eyes and your heart fixed on Jesus and Jesus alone. And someday you're going to stand before God, embrace him. He's going to commend you for the faith that you lived out in this life. You want to live for Jesus for the rest of your life? Walk it out. One step at a time, one day at a time, one person at a time, one family member at a time, one trial at a time, one wind at a time, one wave at a time, whatever it looks like for you. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is faith. You've got to live it out and walk it out. We live by faith, not by sight. You know, the beauty of this is Where faith leads you, the end of the journey, is Jesus. And I love this picture in Matthew 14, 31, where Peter now has been walking in faith and he falls into the water. And what does Jesus do? Immediately, immediately grabs his hand. Do we see this together? Grabs his hand, says, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? See, first of all, I want you to know that the option is out there for you to move mountains and do the impossible step after step. But the beautiful thing of all of this is just because Peter's lack of faith didn't mean he was done for. Jesus reached out his hand, picked him up, and they climbed back into the boat. And I don't know how many times you've wandered from this faith journey. I don't know what it's looked like for you in the midst of, you know your calling, you know your assignment, you're on the straight and narrow, you're stepping out this faith, and you have a detour. Can I tell you, immediately, Jesus grabs your hand and pulls you right back up and puts you right back on track in the faith journey. Can we stand to our feet? And I believe that's the word of the Lord for someone in here. If you'd all bow your heads, close your eyes. We love to give this opportunity every time we gather because... We know that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so whether you come into this place and you say, I've never given my life to Jesus and I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to enter into this faith journey. I believe in what you're saying and I know that I want, I want purpose to my life. I want to live for him. This is for you. And it's also for anybody who maybe has walked away from the Lord and has veered off the path. This is an opportunity for you to rededicate your life to Jesus. So if that's you, we're going to count to three. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus. I'm just going to ask that you'd simply wave your hand and wave at me. One, know that God loves you so much. He sent his one and only son to die on the cross for you so that you could know life in this life and life eternal. Two, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. So you don't need to wait any longer. This is your moment. Right here is your time to start walking out this great journey of faith. Three, if that's you, would you just raise your hand and acknowledge that you want to give your life to Jesus or you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus. And secondly, if you want to want to look at me. This message isn't necessarily a feel-good message. I wish I could give you a bunch of feel-good messages every week. This would be easy. 
It's a challenge to get a vision in your heart, either something you feel God has birthed or something from the Word of God, to pray, to realign your life with the spiritual reality, and to walk it out one step at a time. We're meant to make a difference in this world. We're meant to make disciples. And I believe everything that we do should lead back to that simple purpose of being the hands and feet of Jesus. So I'm just going to ask every one of you, I know this is awkward sometimes, but would you just raise your hands right now, every single person in the room. Lord, you see every hand. You know every heart. I pray, Lord, every person would have a newfound purpose today knowing we got to walk out this faith. we got to live in faith. Lord, we know that you've called us and you've given us a plan. You've given us a hope. You've given us future. And I pray that over every person that we would make a difference. Give us vision for our lives to know exactly what to do. Even if the mountain seems too big, Lord, I pray that we will come with mustard seed-sized faith and we will walk it out step after step after step. God, we will make a difference on this earth for your name's sake. Empower the saints. Go before us. Help us to make a difference in Jesus' name. And you know what's the power? We're going to sing this little tag right here, and it says this, your love's too good to leave us here. Come on, aren't you thankful for the love of Jesus, that he cares enough about you, and he wants to see you succeed, and he wants to see you move forward. Let's sing this tag together. Your love's too good. Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.